And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, December the 6th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On December 6, 1865, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolishing slavery was ratified as Georgia became the 27th state to endorse it. Today in 1790, Congress moved to Philadelphia from New York for safety reasons. Today in 1907, the worst mining disaster in U.S. history occurred as 362 men and boys died in a coal mine explosion. That was in West Virginia. Today in 1923, a presidential address was broadcast on the radio. For the first time, President Calvin Coolidge spoke to a joint session of Congress. Today in 1957, America's first attempt at putting a satellite into orbit failed as Vanguard TV-3 rose about four feet off a Cape, uh, Cape Canaveral launch pad before crashing down and exploding. I'm reminded of my grandmother's saying. She used to say often, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And of course, we all know they did. Ten years ago today, shocking some of his closest Republican colleagues, Senator Jim DeMint of South Carolina announced that he would resign his seat to head up Washington's Conservative Heritage Foundation. Ten years ago today, also, marijuana possession became legal in Washington state. Same day, a measure approved by voters to regulate marijuana, like alcohol, took effect. And five years ago today, President Donald Trump declared Jerusalem to be Israel's capital, defying warnings from the Palestinians and others around the world that he would be destroying the hopes for Mideast peace. Actually, at the end of his term as president, he had put together and was putting together one of the most profoundly well-documented and well-organized peace treaty that we've ever seen in the Middle East. That, of course, was cut short by the interruption of Joe Biden, the press, and others who were working behind the scenes in the last presidential election. CNBC was reporting this morning, that's NBC's news channel, They said Walmart stores across the U.S. are grappling with an uptick in shoplifting that could lead to higher prices and closed stores if the problem persists. Walmart CEO Doug McMillan, he said theft is an issue. It's higher than what it has historically been. He said we've got safety measures, um, security measures, that would put in place by that are put in place by store location. He said, I think local law enforcement being staffed and being a good partner is part of that equation. And that's normally how we would approach it. I think what he's saying is because all of the policemen have have quit, not all, but too many of them have quit or been fired for they because they didn't get a vaccination or they've quit because they're this, these crazy way left mayors around the country of cities and so on aren't supporting them. I mean, we've seen that here in the Northwest, in Portland and Seattle. We've seen the police departments diminished and eviscerated by people that are supposed to be supporting them, elected officials. 
And now there's a shortage of police, and it's it's nationwide, in, in particularly the cities that are run by the far-left uh, mayors and, and leaders. And so now it's re- there, there's always consequences, and, and the, the left is blind to consequences. I, I don't know if they, if they are so blinded by their false worldview or if they just choose to ignore reality. But one or the other is true. And they they honestly think they go out and they do these crazy things, like, you know, like Capitol Hill. Remember, what's it been, two, three years ago now, a couple of years ago, Summer of Love or whatever? I mean, the mayor of Seattle was saying that. I mean, she's the former mayor now, but she, she was mayor then. She was calling it a Summer of Love and so on. People were getting shot. They were taking over parts of, a, of one of the major cities in America. Portland burned for, what was it, a hundred and some days every day in riots. And the whippy little mayor of Portland would stand up and say, I'm on your side. And they would boo him and hiss him. And they, the, the police would have to take him out the, the back way so he wouldn't get hurt. And he was trying to identify with them. I mean, it's so bizarre. I don't even know the words to describe it. Well, that's what now all of that is settled down. We say, well, now, boy, you know, Portland, Seattle aren't on fire anymore and so on. But the consequences, the consequences are touching every part of our life. And now it's amazing. Walmart isn't the only big box retailer that was saying that this morning. Last month, Target, the chief financial officer, said shoplifting has jumped about 50 percent year over year, leading to more than $400 million in losses in this fiscal year alone. Pretty amazing stuff. But that's where we are today in our culture. Both of these guys from Walmart and from Target said most of the shoplifting is organized retail theft rather than petty theft, so it's not some kid stealing, you know, a candy bar. I mean, it's organized stuff. That's what's going on, and and the crime people are organizing because they know there's the police department in most cities have been really uh, reduced for the reasons I said. So it's tough, but that's the world we live in, and those are the consequences. The Bible told us, and tells us daily, if we read it, the wages of sin is death. And I will tell you a godless, unrighteous, far-left worldview is sin, as far as God's concerned, because it does not incorporate God as the supreme being. It incorporates all kinds of other little gods. We talked about Fauci and his god of science, but boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot of little gods that we have whittled out of wood and set on a shelf and are trying to worship them, and the results are not good. The results are never good. They can be troubling. We can feel the pressure sometimes in our own lives and hearts and our emotions. I was thinking of a verse in Hebrews this morning, earlier. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 3 and verse 9 says, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. There is that place close to the heart of God where there is rest. 
and there is peace because God is in control. I feel like my assignment at this point in my life is to talk about the things that are happening in the culture and do so from a biblical point of view. And so many of you understand that, and you mentioned that in your notes to me. But I know, and I want you to know, and I know you do for the most part, but we need to be reminded. We need to remind ourselves, each other, regularly in this crazy world that we live in, that God truly is in control. We're called to stand, to stand firm, not waver in our faith, not waver in our beliefs. Stand firm, even when the tide is against us. Stand firm. But remember that God is in control. And remember what the psalmist wrote. I bet many of you have memorized this. Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. That takes the trust out of the hands of Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. We trust in God. I'm smiling while I say that. I don't think many who are listening to this program this morning have put their trust in Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi. But we should, and we should remind ourselves often that our trust is in the Lord, for sure, definitely. Yesterday, Lori Smith, a graphic artist and website designer in Colorado, stood before the U.S. Supreme Court to defend her deeply held beliefs about marriage and her right under the Constitution to freedom to practice her faith. I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning, but let me remind you again that we need your support. We are hearing from the radio stations we're on, and so far uh, each of them that have contacted us have said they will be raising our rates in the coming year. We buy the time that you listen to this program on, we pay for this time to be on the air, and you support it. And we've chosen not to have any other sources of support because of the influence that that might bring to what we're trying to do here. As in advertisements on our website and so on, you will not see advertisements on our website. Many, in fact, most Christian websites now do have advertising. The reason that I don't have it, and, and we won't have it, is because um, you can't really control what they put on there. You can sort of control it, but not not really. And, and they'll be dropping th- ads on there that are really contradictory to the things that we're talking about on this radio program. So we have made that decision. I've mentioned it before, and that won't change. Uh, we will not have advertising. And, I mean, there are churches, there are Christian organizations that have asked to advertise on our website and on this program, but we just... And we, I would love to do that, but if we open the door, then we we get into a larger arena. And I just am not going to go there. So, um, and we're the people that work closely with me, or we're all of one accord, and and so that we just look to the listeners like yourself to support us. Thank you so much for standing with us. The this is not an easy task to stand against the tide and against the. Um, the flow of the stream or the river sometimes. Sometimes it's like a gushing fire hose. But uh, I do it with great 
joy because the Lord has called me to do it, and you make it possible with your contributions. Thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, Faith and Freedom, faithandfreedom.us, and you can contribute there. And you can find a lot of information on our website. We've got some pretty good stuff there, including always the last five programs that have been on the air. We have a podcast there. You can find it on the page that opens up to you. So thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support of all of you, your kind words, your notes, and all of that. Thank you so much. Lori Smith wants to begin offering wedding websites. (laughs) However, she says her Christian faith prevents her from creating websites celebrating homosexual marriages. The justices are being asked to settle a First Amendment question that they actually left open a few years ago. The court discussion was revealing yesterday. I want to talk a little bit about that to update you, to inform you, but also there's some things that can be can be taken from what they're saying and what they're not saying. And there's some broader um, things that come in view as a result of the conversation in the highest court of the land yesterday. <clears throat> yesterday afternoon, the New York Times concluded they had they're following this really closely they're all over it in fact not from a you know not from a christian or a conservative point of view obviously but they concluded in their last article they published yesterday afternoon about this uh that was being heard in the supreme court yesterday they said supreme court seems ready to back web designer opposed to same-sex marriage that was their headline interesting they continued they said a website, uh, a, a web designer in Colorado wants to limit her wedding-related services to celebrations of heterosexual unions because of her religious beliefs. But state law prohibits, they said, discrimination against gay uh, people by businesses open to the public. The Supreme Court, this continued, I'm quoting the New York Times, the Supreme Court's conservative majority seemed prepared on Monday to rule that a graphic designer in Colorado has a First Amendment right to refuse to create websites celebrating same-sex weddings based on her Christian faith, despite a law that forbids discrimination on sexual orientation. But several justices leaning in that direction appeared to be searching for limiting principles so as not to upend all sorts of anti-discrimination laws. Well, the all sorts of anti-discrimination laws that the New York Times keeps harping on is they are trying to equate um, interracial marriage with homosexual marriage. And that is a straw man. It is not, it, it, it is, it, it's a lie. It's based on a lie. I understand there were laws against interracial marriage, but the Christian community today and the conservative community today, I don't speak for them, but I certainly observe, and I'm one of many, but I can tell you this is not about interracial marriages, and nobody is trying to push that. I mean, there may be somebody out there somewhere that believes it, but that is not the push on this issue, and they know it. But they're trying to introduce that to make Christians in particular like this Lori Smith and, and Kristen Wagner, I'll come back to her, the lawyer that represents her from Seattle. I know Kristen, I suppose many of you do as well. She's been very active over the last number of years. 
Uh, and we'll come back to, uh, to more of that in just a moment. But what they're doing is they're trying to, they're trying to equate the worst thing that they can think of to make the, the, the worst person out there harping about and they're always interjecting that into it. If you if you watch what the press is saying, they will always try to equate same-sex marriage, homosexual marriage, with interracial marriage. And that, that's just simply not the case. That isn't what this is about. They know that as well. And we'll touch on that in a moment. There's more of that a little later in some quotes that I have. But the New York Times says for decades, opposition to same-sex marriage was a marquee issue for the religious right in the United States. Activists like Anita Bryant, Jerry Falwell, James Dobson characterized homosexuality as a threat to traditional family life. When the Supreme Court ruled in Oberfell uh, versus Hodges in 2015, the head of the Family Research Council, Tony Perkins, I'm quoting the New York Times, Tony Perkins initially warned that the case could be, quote, the downfall of America. The evangelist Franklin Graham told Christianity Today in 2015 that the country had taken a nosedive off of a moral diving board into the cesspool of humanity. The point they're making here is that all these guys, Tony Perkins, uh, Jerry Falwell, the late Jerry Falwell, uh, Jim Dobson, Franklin Graham, all of these guys were predicting that America would collapse because we have gone the way of Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, that's the, the point they're making. And then they're, and, and so the implication is the New York Times is telling you and, and the nation and the world, see, they were wrong. We haven't taken a nosedive. We're doing great. Yeah, the people on the t- Titanic thought they were doing great, too. That's the problem. They either don't know or they're living in a state of denial. Walmart and Target aren't the only ones that are being attacked. Theft, $400 million lost in one year. We are getting into a culture now that is so ungodly, it is unlawful, it is lawless. And all of that is related to how we view the world, our worldview and what we believe. And the basis for our laws and our actions in our contractual agreements as a nation. All of this is a result of us trying to replace timeless Judeo-Christian values and principles. God's word. We have replaced them with a bunch of nonsense created in a classroom somewhere with a Barack Obama-type professor spewing all kinds of ideas that have no consequences in the classroom. But you transport those into government and into the real world, and they have very real consequences. These people do not understand or don't care or are blinded by their own disbeliefs. But anyway, the New York Times is trying to say, see, all these guys were wrong. They were saying, well, the, the culture is going to collapse. It's going to be horrible. Franklin was saying back in 2015, Franklin Graham was saying, told Christianity Today in 2015, the country had taken a nosedive. And they're saying, see, we haven't taken a nosedive. Everything is just fine. Everything's going great. We're on an unsinkable ship. Let's talk about Lori for a minute. Lori Smith said, and her supporters say that they're, 
that ruling against her would force artists from painters and photographers to writers, musicians, to do work that is against their faith. And it would, of course it would. We've seen this. Her opponents, meanwhile, say that if she wins, a range of businesses will be able to discriminate, refusing to serve black customers, Jewish or Muslim people. That is that is an absolute lie. This is not about race. And allowing biblical belief to have to be played out or lived out in the public square in this Lori Smith's business is not about and it does not open the door and it I mean I I'm not a lawyer but good lawyers are saying no it doesn't it doesn't transpose from what she's talking about a moral issue to a racial issue and the reason that the gay community the homosexuals are always wanting to connect with this racial issue is because they they used to say all the time, I was born this way, I can't help it, God made me this way. Now they don't say that so much. But the whole intention is, man, I, I'm a victim. I'm just, I'm this way, I can't help it that I'm different. And that's what's driving the tra- the transgender movement. That's what's driving the LGBTQ plus ABCDE, I don't know, whatever, uh, uh, movement. I mean, that's what's driving this. They're saying, well, I'm, I'm a, the, the victim. And if you people won't give me the rights, give me marriage, give me this, give me that, all of this stuff, then I'm you're discriminating against me. And if you do that, then you'll discriminate against Muslims and Christians and Jewish people and interracial people and and on and on they go and they, they attach all the all these other issues to their issue. They're not born that way. God made male and female. And he made both male and female human beings in his image and after his likeness. Our likeness, he said, speaking of the Trinity. But this isn't that. And they've always tried to make this that because they want the sympathy of all people so they can push their agenda. Smith's lawyer, Kristen Wagner, she's from Seattle and I I haven't seen her recently, but I I know her quite well from the past. We've worked together, done things. In fact, she made a wonderful recommendation to me some years ago uh, of to a, for a law firm that could represent our this ministry, and they do. But she told the justices that Mrs. Smith believes opposite sex marriage honors Scripture, and same sex marriage contradicts it. That's true. Five years ago, the Supreme Court heard a different challenge involving Colorado's law. Baker, Jack Phillips, remember him? I talked about him on this program quite a bit because he was in the news forever. They just would, they were relentless. They were trying to destroy this guy. They always tried to destroy small businesses. Phillips had objected to designing a wedding cake for a gay couple. That case ended with a limited decision, however, and set up a return to the issue this issue to the high court. that And this is that issue today, this Lori Smith issue. Wagner, she is also, Kristen is also now president and CEO of Alliance Defending Freedom. She also represented Phillips. So like Phillips, Smith says her objection is not to working with gay people. 
She says she'll work with a gay client who needed help with graphics for an animal rescue center, for example, or to promote an organization serving children with disabilities. But she says, I object to creating messages supporting same-sex marriage, just as she wouldn't create a website for a couple who met with uh, while they were both married, divorced, and then got remarried, uh, Kristen Wagner said. She said she would do that either. She's standing on a moral basis. It has nothing to do with race, culture, other people's religion. It's a moral issue. Smith says Colorado's law violates her free speech rights, her opponents, including the Biden administration, of course, and groups such as the American Civil Liberties Union, NAACP, their legal defense and educational fund, they all, of course, disagree. Interesting comments, and I, I don't have a lot of time left this morning, but l- l- let me get to what Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch said yesterday um, on this Colorado baker, Jack Phillips. He, he was asking if Jack Phillips, he was asking the, the people opposing uh, Lori Smith, he said, did Jack Phillips, was he forced to undergo re-education after refusing to bake a cake for a gay wedding? And um, the the Lori Smith case is similar to that of, of the 2018 case. So Gorsuch, Gorsuch was invoking that case yesterday. He said, Mr. Uh, Mr. Phillips uh, did go through a, re- a re-education program pursuant to Colorado law. Did he not? Gorsuch asked. And uh, he said he went through a process that ensured he was familiar with this Olson, who was representing the other side here, this Olson guy. Olson began to say, and then Gorsuch interjected, sort of cut him off. And he said, it was a re-education program, right? And Olson said, it was not a re-education program. Gorsuch said, what do you call it? And he says, it was a process to make sure he was familiar with Colorado law, Olson said. That's not true. That's a, that's a lie, because we followed that. I talked about that back when this was happening. It was re-education. They even called it re-education. That's why Gorsuch was asking that question. And this guy was trying to avoid it because he, he didn't want to admit what they were doing. And so he said it was a process to make sure it was he was familiar with Colorado law. And Gorsuch kind of quipped with a smile. And he said, some might be excused for calling that a re-education program. The New York Times concluded yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, and they're at it again this morning, that in recent years, conservative Christians concerned about the same-sex marriage have found themselves protecting a narrower piece of legal turf. They've defended multiple small business owners like Lori Smith, who work in creative industries and so on. That's about what I expected from the Times. Then the Times said this. They quoted Jim Daly, who now heads up Focus on the Family. Jim Daly told the New York Times, people see the handwriting on the wall, to use an Old Testament term. Um, He said, conservative Christians realize we cannot control the culture. Honestly, I thought that was an odd statement to make to the New York Times. He could have said something much more constructive than that. 
I personally see a different handwriting on the wall. No matter how corrupt and decayed our culture becomes, there's always hope because the gospel of Jesus Christ changes lives and changes cultures. And that's why we take a stand. 